From conies to cheesecake and barbecue to brunch, we all have meals that mean something special to us. This podcast takes a deep dive into the traditions, delicacies, and legends that have shaped what we know and love about food. Each episode, we will discover the essence of people through food in a new way. This is Season to Taste. Welcome back to another episode of Season to Taste. This week's episode is with Josh Blakemore from Coffee Underground. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So, my first question for you is, what's brewing? So, what have you been, what coffee have you been drinking lately? Um, what are you making? Tell us about it. Yeah, so, I have been drinking any form of a latte, whether it be like a cortado or like a salted caramel latte if I'm feeling something sweeter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The lesser the milk, I think the better. Yeah. How do you like your espresso from a, like, how would you describe your optimal espresso? Like a God shot? Sure. Yeah. Oh, gee, I don't know. I did pull one a few weeks ago and it's really just about like the balance of a shot. So most... You know, espresso is going to be bitter anyways because it's a heavily concentrated coffee. Right. So it's about balancing the bitterness with the the sweetness and balancing the acidity as well. And it's just a, like, well-rounded shot. It's, it tastes great. It leaves a good aftertaste. Yeah. It's got a great mouthfeel. But it is difficult, I feel like, to achieve consistently yeah oh absolutely i feel like i'm somewhere in between of like somewhere in between a dark roast and a light roast is like my optimal because i don't love all some would call that medium roast some some would call that medium roast but i like a little bit of like the fruity floralness of a light roast but not as forward if that makes any sense but i also don't want like all the acidity i kind of want something in the middle usually but i also don't want it to taste plain so I ask a lot of my espresso, but I also don't make it myself. I just get it here or other places. Yeah, that's fair. But that's fun. Yeah. I've been doing pour over lately pretty much every day. Um, I just switched to paper filters, which is lovely because I don't have to pour out the last like oh. sip. Yeah. <laughs> which is what I was doing with a mesh filter. Um, yeah, it's not ideal. But but... It's good. I went to Texas over um, the holiday break. Got some black rifle coffee, and so I've been drinking that lately. That's been good. Nice. I also you did give me some, and I did did drink it yesterday. I did. That's good. The light roast did not seem very light to me, though. No. Okay. I haven't had it, so it was a it was medium, I would say. Okay. But I generally drink one lines coffee, and they lean a little bit on like heavier, like fruit. Um, fruit floral notes on their light roast so it's like heavier in the acidity but the black rifle wasn't very acidic that's good but i'm also not a pro so right right well cool um so we are talking a little bit about coffee underground today what's the mission of coffee underground yeah well coffee underground was Founded by Indianola Church to reach the college students around our church building, but not in a evangelical way necessarily. Like we're not going to 
uh, force religion on anybody. We're just here to create a community space where people can come with their friends, study, grab a cup of coffee, um, and just hang out without having to feel obligated to do anything or say anything specific when they're in here. Yeah. So their tagline is, you know, we're good coffee and good company come together. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I found that a lot myself um, coming here often and just it's a great study space. It's a great place to get coffee and hang out and um, great place to meet people for class projects. I've just I've yeah. come here for a lot of different things. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed um, coming to Coffee Underground often. And it's just placed in a really good location off campus. So, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Why do you do what you do? How did you get into this? Uh, it's kind of a long story. So I was in the Marine Corps straight out of high school and a few years in, I was at a crossroads on whether I stay in the Marine Corps or get out. And my brother at the time was in Taiwan and he was doing a mission project. And part of the the mission was he was helping a coffee shop that also doubled as a church. So it was a coffee shop primarily, but they also did church things, you know, in the evenings and on the weekends and stuff like that. And I thought that was a really cool idea. Um, so I had always had that in the back of my mind. And then as I was going to school, I started out as a bio major. And then halfway through, thanks to OCHEM, I decided to switch majors to do food business management. What was that? <laughs> OCHEM, the great equalizer. Yes. <laughs> it's horrid. Uh, but I switched to food business management. And as I was finishing up college, um, I had been working at Coffee Underground as just a barista and it kind of just fell into my, my lap. Cool. The previous manager and the woman who, who started this was looking to uh, do a career change and I was here and I wanted to do it. So, yeah. That works. Yeah. Very cool. What's been a favorite experience of yours running the coffee shop so far, doing it for a few years? I'm sure I had a lot of different things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my favorite thing is getting to, like, connect with our regular guests that we have coming through our doors. Yeah. So there's been a few, like, really outstanding and, and just, like, memorable people that have come in. And we just get to interact with them we know what their their usual drinks are and we just ask them how their like days weeks whatever is going and it's just nice to talk to people and engage in them and you know hopefully make them feel like they're welcome here and able to belong even if they don't come to church they don't aren't a part of any ministry or anything like that and that's i think the favorite part yeah i'd agree i feel like it's been cool for me to obviously i know you guys from church and see you guys a lot but coming into coffee shop and it's just like I've kind of always wanted a, a coffee shop that I could call home to a certain degree and like show up and know the baristas be able to hang out sometimes I'll just come in and talk to you yes I don't need coffee. Um, <laughs> we've made jokes that I get my coffee in a to-go cup often and for no never reason, take it to go because I, I'm usually there drinking the whole thing before I leave and yep. just talking um, but yeah that's just been um, cool for me and um yeah, I'm sure it's there's a lot of those interactions every day of, of different people that always come in. So it's awesome. Yeah. So every once in a while we do coffee cuppings, which is sort of like beer tasting meets coffee in a um, an interesting way. 
Tell me about that. Tell me about the process. Yeah. Uh, cupping is really interesting because you get to, it's a better way to taste all of the, the notes that have like come out during roasting. Um, so you generally start with, you know, whatever beans you want to, you want to taste. So when we've done it, we've done either three or four different roasts. Um, sometimes it's from the same, uh, roaster. Other times we just compare different light roasts from other coffee shops in the area. Um, we've even done two coffees from the same farm that were roasted differently. And that was, I think, the most memorable for me. But you you take whatever coffees you want to um, cup and you grind it to a, like, medium coarse grind. Uh, and you spend the first few minutes just, like, smelling it after it's been freshly ground because um, you can bring out a lot of the um, – the smells and aromas that these coffees do have while they're dry. Um, and then you move from dry to to wet. So then you'll put it, put in, uh, water around 200 degrees into the cup. And, um, while it's starting to technically brew there, you can also smell it and you get some different aromas that you wouldn't have caught when it was just dry and freshly ground. And then the last part is tasting it. And you do it in the most obnoxious way possible, but it's hilarious. And you take a spoon, a little tasting spoon, and you, well, you scoop out the grounds first. And then you get your little spoon and dip it in, make sure there's no grounds in there. And then you slurp it in the most loud way possible. But it is scientific. So when you're slurping it, you want to, you're trying to get it aerated. So it's covering a vast majority of your mouth and all the taste buds are getting a little bit of coffee all at once. And so that way you can taste everything that the roaster intended to, to bring out while he was roasting it. They were roasting it. Yeah. I've, I've done two with you guys, I believe. And one was just comparing different roasts from different locations. That was really kind of opening, seeing just the differences and all of them getting to see light to dark roast and Mm -hmm. the way different roasters have, um, prepared them then another one we took all the ingredients all of the um the flavor notes and had them separately so it was like strawberries and there was another fruit and then some other uh, there was like a syrup and some things um and we tasted all of those separately and tasted the coffee with it and that was very eye-opening because never before have i like really gotten some most of those notes so strongly once you like put them all together like oh i get it now yeah okay I didn't, you can't really taste like, someone says strawberry and you're like, okay, like, I'm not going to just taste strawberries straight up. Yes, I actually, I remember this. It was strawberry, blueberry, elder, flower, and Campari. Yeah. 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 So it was cool to taste all of those together on their own and then taste on the coffee. You're like, okay, like I can taste all those things in the coffee now, but like totally had no idea kind of where to start on some of this before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I... I'm not very good at tasting it. I don't, my taste buds, I probably have killed from hot sauce, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, doing it regularly and, you know, practicing and really training your, your mind to connect certain flavors with, you know, what the roaster's trying to bring out. It's, uh, it's definitely like doable and anybody can do it. 
it's uh it's pretty accessible. You just got to train yourself to yeah to connect those flavor notes with what it is. Right. right. I, I imagine it's something similar with, similar with like wine tasting. You yeah. just like you taste so much of it, and eventually you kind of um, get the idea of all the different pieces that go into it, and yeah. can identify those flavors very uh, distinctly, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Something I enjoy about coffee. Uh, I, I don't like think about it every day when I'm drinking my right my morning cup, but like it, it's a fun thing to do every once in a while and um, try and break down those tasting notes a little bit further and get into the the depth of especially coffee. Yeah. These next clips are from a coffee cupping we did last February. I just had to look back at the date and it felt so much sooner. But this is what Josh and I were talking about in the episode. This week on Season to Taste, we are doing a coffee cupping, which is essentially tasting a bunch of different coffees or different ways of making coffee and really getting to the, the nitty gritty, as they say. So I've got my friend Josh here from Coffee Underground. Josh, tell me what we're up to right now. All right, so we have the same roast of coffee, which is a light roast from Costa Rica that Online Coffee Roasters in Columbus has currently. and. We grind it into three equal parts of nine grams and add 150 grams of hot water. Um, and what we're doing this week is testing if we can see the difference between the quality of water. So we have distilled water, tap water, and third wave little water packets. So it like treats the water, right? Yes. yes. And it treats it to be like. It adds the proper minerals. What is it? Yeah. It gives it a proper level of like hardness and acidity, or I guess pH would be the term. Um, so that way, like the acidity of the coffee isn't put out by a lot of hardness, which can be commonly found in tap water. But Columbus's tap water doesn't normally have that problem, so we probably won't be able to tell much difference between those two. But hardness is also really important for putting out any of the other like main like body of the coffee and provides sort of that tactile feel. So the difference between the distilled and either third wave or tap is going to be really apparent um, in that mouthfeel and like almost like balance of the flavor so yeah for sure so far i've only tasted tap and third wave and they taste about the same to me um i think after this at some point we're going to do we have some fruits here that pair well with the flavor notes of the coffee so we're going to um, taste some different things and, and actually like taste the original flavor note and then see if we can like taste that in the coffee which i think is gonna be interesting because i've never done that before yes and i've always like read them and been like do i really taste like vanilla cake in this no, but this is if you like do a pour for these coffees you're not going to taste like everything mm -hmm. when you do cupping you taste everything yeah because none of it's like being filtered out right and you're supposed to slurp it because that's what right. that's how it aerates gotta get it all over your palate <gasps> Aggressive slurps. So if you don't enjoy that, you know, might not be the episode for you, but that's okay. This next clip is Zach explaining the concept of acidity in coffee. So acidity isn't like, it's like the sharpness of it, or think like, like a, a nice mellow lemonade is the sort of the acidity you want to see in a coffee. Mm -hmm. um, not like a tartness which would be like over acidity, which you would find in like a lemon head. Uh, people also describe it as like the quickness of the taste of like leaf or like how fast the taste is. But. Interesting. 
I'm gonna get it done still. Zach, when did you start drinking coffee? Uh, Take me back. How did it start for you? Was it like. I feel like a lot of people start just like not wanting to drink coffee. Drinking it out of necessity. My favorite part about starting to drink coffee is I started, well, I guess I didn't, I started like seriously drinking coffee three years ago, um, mm -hmm. which would be the freshman year of college for me. But uh, up until then, I hated coffee. Marcus, um, can I have some strawberry? And I started like slowly, like easing my way into coffee by eating, uh, I think it was mocha chip ice cream. And nice. like, I really love mocha chip ice cream. And yeah. I thought that that, was really good, and I think that opened up my palate to liking coffee. So I would mm. look for coffee that tasted like the ice cream that I was eating, which basically meant like a lot of creamer in it. Yeah. And that's how my, my family sort of started drinking it. Um, but freshman year, I met a bunch of other coffee heads, Marcus, who's sitting with us right now, um, who <laughs> went around to different sleeps. coffee shops, and we had uh, a local roaster, which is Stobbs, across from our church that we used to go to. Um, and I was really confused by like all the words up on the menu uh, and I felt intimidated but also like I wanted to know what was going on so I didn't look like an idiot whenever people asked me to go get coffee with them so uh, that sort of motivated me to get more into it and then mm -hmm. uh, just learning about all the different ways you can make it uh, Marcus got a pour over and I wanted a pour over and then we got French presses and I followed suit um, up until like getting like six or seven different methods of just brewing the right. same exact coffee um, getting into a little spiral, but I've been doing it for three years. Definitely slowed down in how much money I'm spending on it, mm. how much coffee I'm drinking every morning. Sure. Um, and then starting this cupping, we started beginning of, well, the end of the summer last year, which is 2022, or 2021. Um, and I think that's been my favorite part, is just like the communal aspect of it, of like going around and just having like a shared experience, mm. same way that people might go out and get drinks. Yeah, um, for sure. And just like sort of seeing like what is a local roaster able to do, what was their intention with it, and like we have like all the flavor notes side by side with the coffee, which is like blueberry, strawberry, Campari, and elderflower, um, and trying to understand like what the roaster was thinking when they when they were making it, um, and like actually be able to get the notes is like you feel like a wizard once you finally figure it out. Yeah, you're like. Yeah, everyone always says, like, oh, I, can't, I can't taste any of that, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they're talking it's about. It's just coffee, yeah. And then, like, once you get it, you're like, no, I, I can see it. It's yeah. like opening your third eye. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like I came to a cupping, what, the last one we did, maybe a month ago. Yeah. Um, and that really helped me understand, like, what different um, coffees even tasted like. Because we tasted, like, what, five different ones. Um, so I could at least get an, an image of what was... Um, different in each of them what I liked better about them and then I've been switching between a light roast and a dark roast in the morning yeah and that's actually been really good to just be switching between them See and the like difference. notice the difference yeah because they're two very distinctly different coffees yeah. I think until you either like really spend time on your morning coffee routine and don't do like Keurig or something or right. just switch between things regularly um that's like some easy ways to get to know different coffees and get started in it without going super. Yeah, absolutely. That's what Florian says, baby. Yeah, I think that's awesome too because it's like, it's just an easy way to enjoy your morning and start enjoying food early in the day. Even if you don't want to like cook something in the morning, coffee's pretty simple and easy way to enjoy your day. So. Exactly. I think it's great. You gotta eat something though. True. Oh, for sure. 
<laughs> oh, for sure. Speaking of specialty coffee, what do you think about the Columbus coffee scene? I have lots of thoughts about the Columbus coffee yeah. scene. One, it's incredible. It's huge. It's massive. Yeah. And and generally speaking, all the roasters do an incredible job. Yeah. Like there's there's only been a few times where I've gotten something and I was like, well, you know, it's this is okay. Not my favorite or something. Yeah, yeah which also could just be a personal opinion more than it is anything else. But yeah, it's – I don't want to say it's oversaturated, but it almost is. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Yeah. I went to the Columbus Coffee Festival and, you know, that's not even like all of the roasters. No, right? not at all. And it was it was incredible just to like see how many different roasters and all the different coffees just walk around trying coffee. I probably had, I don't know, three, four, five cups of coffee that day. But <laughs> it was great. Wired. It was great. Yeah, absolutely wired. But it was cool to taste a whole lot of different um, – flavors a lot of different um like just straight coffees and people coming up with all sorts of weird things bourbon coffees and just all I, sorts yeah of... i don't like bourbon coffees <laughs> there was there was one from like the philippines or something like there's just a lot of really interesting um coffees and it's fun it's a fun day to go around and see all that and sort of see all of the columbus coffee scene show up yeah if i had to pick three that are my favorite It'd probably be one line Florin and Roosevelt's, I think. I was going to say the same. I'm a little bit biased towards one line, though, because that's what we yeah. use here. They're and good. I drink it every day. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. But, I, yeah, I went to Florin for the first time. I'd had a little bit of Florin here, I think, done some pour overs, but I went there for the first time last semester and was, was very blown away. Yeah. I found their espresso to be very. Um, like impressive uh, a lot of like the floral note stuff that i was talking about um i don't know what they do differently i don't know what like of course if you go there like it's the freshest beans and maybe they just roasted it that day or something but right now cool. i think we actually have a we have two guatemalas one from one line and one from florin and i think I'm not 100% sure, but I do think they're from the same farm, yeah. which is also just kind of cool because you can tell they they are very similar in their flavor profile, but, like, they are different. They're not yeah. the same. Yeah. I think that's cool. Roasting is a craft that I don't – I understand how it works, right? But I have yeah. no idea the intricacies no. and everything that goes into it, but it's really neat. Yeah. So that's cool. I was just thinking it's kind of unique, I think um, – this coffee shop because you guys have the opportunity to bring in a lot of different coffees from different spots around Columbus. Um, that's not always true. Like you go to one coffee shop and it's the coffee they roast. Right. Right. And that's, that's its own cool experience because they're, they're roasting their own. Um, so it's cool that you guys have a lot of different options here and, um, always a lot of one line coffee as well. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. That is a nice part about our shop. I agree with that. Yeah. Lots of fun seasonal beverages, too. <laughs> I'm yeah. always in here challenging Josh with new ideas. Yeah. Sometimes they gain traction, sometimes Sometimes. The best one was the uh, non-coffee drink, though. It was apple pie a la mode. So it was um, apple cider steamed with oat milk, caramel sauce, cinnamon. 
think it's and just a touch of salt yep wow and it was it was something i really liked it because it really tasted like i don't know why like conceptually you wouldn't think of this as a drink but imagine the the end of an apple pie you've got just like the syrup from the apple pie and some ice cream left over and it's just that but and that's what it tasted like it tasted exactly like that it was just cool that that could be replicated so yeah that was fun what would you say your favorite coffee experience was or if you can't think of one one that you want to have i think it would be really neat to meet some of the farmers that grow these different coffees and just like see what they they do and because i mean we only see what the the roasters generally do we don't see the farming side of it and i've only been to a few farms and when i lived in hawaii but that was always very interesting to me to see how they they process the the cherries and then you know dry them get rid of all the the flesh from the fruit and and dry them out to green beans but i think that would be cool to see that side yeah i bet you had a you had the was it the husks of the coffee cherries? yeah cascara cascara i actually don't know how to pronounce it but who knows but yeah it uh it's wild so you can make tea out of it and it's caffeinated tea because it is you know the same fruit and it's just the the flesh of the fruit that has been dried out um and you can just brew it as a tea and it tastes like a like a cherry it's a very subtle cherry it's not in your face it also my buddy um in colorado he's a the head cider maker for a company out there and i i gave him the idea to make a a cascara cider and when he was trying it out he also got like chewing tobacco from like the taste of the cherry so it was weird and, and after he said that i tasted it and i was like yeah that does taste like chewing tobacco interesting interesting yeah it's such a weird thing it's just it's kind of like a confusing complex flavor of like oh, sort yeah. of cherry sort of coffee sort of all that yeah but it was neat it was. I I enjoy it. That's fun. You need a decent amount of it to brew, but it's good. Yeah. Good stuff. You have any questions for me? Or anything else you want to talk about? No? I don't think so. Okay. Well, it's time for hot seat then. Oh. Pretty get excited. Um I'm nervous. What's the best small roaster in Columbus? Small roaster. So let's, I don't know how you quantify small roaster, but like. Someone out of a garage, is that what you mean? Approximately, yeah. yeah like, okay. Well, so I've never actually met them. My One of my baristas found them at a farmer's market, but it's Flamingo Coffee. Yeah, I've seen that. And it was incredible. It was, good. It was so good. good. And I, I was, and they won the prize for their espresso. And I, I pulled a shot and it tasted exactly like how they said on the bag. It was, it was incredible. So yeah, I would say Flamingo is probably going to be a, a good competition. They were at, um, they were at the coffee festival and Zach was one of the guys. He was was like, you got to come over here and try this. This is so good. It was. Yeah. I was shocked. It was great. I was impressed. What's the weirdest flavor or blend you've had? 
I got a winter blend from a shop in Columbus a few years ago. And it tasted like bread, <laughs> which is not a flavor you want in coffee. It's yeah. when you're roasting, it's generally thought of as a, a off taste. And it, I brewed it and it tasted like bread. It tasted like a freshly baked wheat loaf. That's weird. And it, it was immediately, I was like, nope, I don't want this. <laughs> that's funny. That's like cool that that's possible, but like, yeah, it, yeah. That's what you want. No, definitely yeah. not a desired flavor. Going off of coffee a little bit, unless you decide to involve coffee in this. What's your favorite dessert? Here's the thing I hate desserts. Really? But if I had to choose, it'd probably be creme brulee. That's a good one. I just got a culinary torch for Christmas. So nice. I have thought about getting one for here and adding it to the menu because that's really like the only dessert that I like. Seems like a good idea. I like that. Yeah, creme brulee. It's great. It's so good. It's so simple, but so good. Coffee cocktails, yes or no? Yes. Nice. Well, that's all I had. Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Season to Taste. You can find more about the show as well as pictures and updates on Instagram at Season2Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, the best way you can support me is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or by telling a friend about the show. As always, I'm Jacob Zimmerman. The song you hear is All My Cards by Adam Paddock, and this has been Season to Taste. Stay salty. Very nice.